Mr. Fix-It. Illegal Machine. Diablo Frank. So have y'all been watching Gotham? No, I've never Absolutely seen a single not. episode of that show. No so way. I felt the same way because, you know, I'm, I'm curious how DC is going to build up their universe compared to the way Marvel has. Keeping in mind that the DC television universe is completely separate, separate from the cinematic know, universe. Which I think is a big mistake. I think it's a big mistake. I, honestly, I'm not sure that I agree with you. Really? I, I'm sorry, the more I think about it, the more I think that, like, because uh, I continue to watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I'm a masochist. The and first episode wasn't that bad at third season. It's okay, but that's the thing, though. That show, it, I'm on the third season watching a show that on a good day is okay. Yeah. I mean, with I mean, the exception I mean, the Dude, it's, not it's not. I'll yeah. give you that. It's not great. Yeah. It's it's a lot better than I'd say a lot of stuff out there right now. Mm-hmm. When I hear people talk about Arrow or The Flash, they're so enthusiastic. They're so enjoying those shows, and because those shows, they sure continuity just like the Marvel movies, but it's a TV continuity. Yeah. So they can cross over with each other, and there isn't all these complications stuff. Where you look at Marvel's Agents of Shield, that show is constantly being crapped upon by the movies, and part of it is because uh, Kevin Feige was talking about in an interview recently. He was saying that the movies come together so much more slowly. They're so much more deliberately put together, and they are filming a movie at different times as the show's getting filmed so the schedules don't really work out that great mm-hmm. and so the TV show will often reflect the movies because they can knock that stuff out really quick because of how TV's made and how much more close to the point of distribution it is where they're working on Avengers a year and a half two years before that stuff ever hit the screen but if it's two TV shows and there's parody it's a TV show going into another TV show then you can create a universe and it's it's as simple as having the same production team because even the guy who runs CBS didn't know it but part of the contract for the Supergirl show is that the Supergirl can appear on the Arrow and, and uh um, the Flash. So but that's still part of a shared universe even though they're going to span network. But now it's going to be, well, we have TV universe and we have the movie universe. But that's okay. Oh, cool. I like it better when it's just, you use you use S.H.I.E.L.D. to fill in the gap between the movies. I can live with But that. they that's... don't do a good job of that very much. That show, I watched that show out of a sense of obligation to the movies, but the show has never been great. I, At I best, think, it's just think, okay. I think the show will pay off more near the end when we start getting to like the, the Inhumans movie. I don't think like it's that. ever going to pay off. I think there'll be more of a payoff. Because like, okay, I watched the first episode of Gotham when it first came out and I thought it was crap. Never watched it again. Popped on Netflix. I'm like, you know what? Let me. I'm at lunch. I got nothing else to do. Let me watch that. Watched it. Okay. Got the second, third, fourth. I was like, okay. It got picked because it felt like a really cool NCIS um, procedural law, law and order kind of cop show, kind of gritty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, me and well, Fry, I mean, because my understanding is uh, while they're not directly adapting it, but Gotham Central was supposed to be an influence kinda, on the show. Oh, I never it's read like it. Bad and Bad and Year One. I've read some issues of it. I've never read like in a collection of it, mm-hmm. but I've read like uh, little one shots of them, and I enjoyed them. I thought it was kind of cool seeing it from perspective of the police or the detectives which I thought was neat so me and Fry were talking about and of course the first season's all about the penguin Fryho loved it I thought the penguin was annoying because he basically just got kicked out of but the the fish mooney character i really was like wow this is just a really interesting character she's just this tough badass that you know you knock her down she gets back up you knock her down she gets back like she doesn't stay down so and it, it felt kind of like a cool like i said film the war kind of she didn't come back for the second season though right no I, I don't know she said she's not but they left it open they definitely mm-hmm. left it open with the way the first season ended no spoilers there but the way they left it so i'm like okay well let me I'm, i got a little excited i'm like okay gotham was actually kind of fun it was a cool cop show let me watch season two. First episode comes out i'm like the villains i'm like oh okay i mean you know they, they're, they're you definitely got the Joker there and mm. some cannibal guy. Jerome. Yeah, and I was like, but the, the weird thing is he's just so, like, the dude just chews up the scenery. Like, it's just when he's doing his shtick, it's just like, it's it's like someone trying to be the Joker. Dude, it's it's like the cosplay Jokers at Comic Palooza and you let them film themselves on a TV show. They just go so overboard with it that it's not really the Joker. Like, it's, I get, I get, I like. The Joker's a character that works better in small doses. Yeah. The well, more time you spend with him, the less you demist, the more you demystify him and the 
more grating and obnoxious he becomes. Well, because I look at I look at the like I started looking at this. The, the difference between DC and Marvel to me is like DC has their multi universes. Like so, this is DC World One, and now there's DC World Two. Because I'll never, I don't think I'll ever see Gotham and Arrow running into each other. I don't think they have. Yeah, there's a different production. Yeah, so so they DC kind of did what they did with their whole universe, where there's like fucking multiple universes, and I'm sure they're gonna have an Infinity Crisis, and they're all gonna crash one day. The second season, you got the Joker guy coming up, and they're they're kind of, and I'm sitting there, I'm like trying to enjoy it, and I can't. It's just it's all the bad things people think about comic book fans are into played up to level eleven. Mm. Like I just don't get it. Like I, the show has actually started to turn me off because I don't find this character entertaining. Like there's I don't know. You're I'm reacting just, to Joker the way yeah, I react to the Joker now because they've they've put it in your face so much and you're sick of it. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna give him a couple. You know, the season because everyone it was weird because everyone talking about how oh the first season was okay but this season's fantastic. I'm like who the says this like i want to know who the people say this because it's not very good it's it's definitely you know you got some crappy writers who are saying okay we really got to push this joker character but we're not gonna call him joker we're gonna call him jerome Ooh, do you get it well none they're of the characters mr. are realized J. yet they're both mr j mm-hmm. Ooh, and, he, and he's gonna laugh like the joker but kind of like a cosplay joker not a real joke and i mean it's basically a super team a super villain team which i was kind of like uh they're kind of pulling away from the cool cop show and becoming you know just another wb where a you know superhero show generic I was just like, uh. The only thing I would admit that through the first season, which I'm a big Batman fan, was Bruce really is annoying in the show. And I do like some of the stuff they do with Catwoman. And, you know, they, they show Poison Ivy. And the one character that stood out to me was Enigma. Um, oh, Edward Enigma, Edward the Riddler. Enigma. I thought he was, he has this really weird, the actor does a great job because he's so socially awkward. But he's in the, I don't know what I mean, kind of a cool social awkward. Because he's like, throws all these really fun facts because he doesn't know how to talk to people. So he right. just bombards you. He does the Cliff Clavin at you. He just starts throwing all this knowledge that he knows. <laughs> He picked up. He, so, di- he Diablo Frank. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can say that too. So I just want to talk about that a little bit. Cause I was just like, yeah, I got into God because I, I have Hulu now. So mm-hmm. they're probably you know, it, it's one of those funny things because in comics, people are always talking about how the, the culture has changed. Everybody's waiting for the trade. But you just said that you enjoy television the same way. You want to you want to give it the season. Yeah. You're going to wait and you're going to binge watch it. It's just a cultural change, it seems like to me. People want to watch the whole thing and see yeah. the whole framework of it in one sitting or in a, in a short span of time. People don't want to just wait a week for the new show to come well, out. Ne- and they're just really spoiled me on that mm-hmm. like I like the fact that I can sit there and we can watch a whole season and I don't have to wait 13 weeks to finish the series because mm-hmm. the problem with that is guess what people if episode 8 sucks probably not going to come I might not be there for 9 and 10 like mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be enthusiastic but if I'm binge watching them I finish 9 suck 10 let me go ahead and get that 10 out of the way oh 11 picks up I'm going to sit through it because like uh, I just finished watching Narco on Netflix fantastic show dude mm-hmm. it's it's one of those shows it's just like you watch episode 1 and next thing you know it's 4 in the morning and you're through 9 episodes of like 13 episodes episode so yeah see i'm having the exact opposite problem i was trying to watch orange is the new black season three and if it were coming out once a week and we were dvring it and it's like okay well it came out on sunday we'll watch it while we're eating on monday or tuesday i'd probably have gone ahead and finished that season already especially if we were doing it in weekly doses but we started watching it we'd watch it like for a few consecutive days we weren't really getting into it then maybe a week or two goes by and now i think that season's been out for a few months and we're still stalled on like episode eight where we just haven't come back to it so it's the same issue as what you're talking about where but if it were weekly i think we could have tolerated it really? and then with something like fear the walking dead if i tried to binge watch Fear the walking dead i guarantee you i wouldn't have made it through that show i'm okay watching it once a week but if i were to try to do it like over the course of a weekend i wouldn't have made it through i kind of feel the way about mr robot we've been trying to watch mr robot and it's so involved that i don't think i, can, I can't watch four or five episodes in a row we got to watch one and kind of stop and i was like this would be really good if it came on weekly and we were catching it with the dvr and then just mm-hmm. watched our one episode per week but because it's not we're kind of having a hard time making it through and it's it's very good but it's just like heavy it's, it's heavy yeah. it's very See, heavy. that's that's like 
like the the way I see TV shows. You've got two kinds of TV show. You've got True Blood and you've got Mad Men. With True Blood, and and you know this because yeah. I turned you on to True Blood. You start watching that show, especially if you're watching like a season set, and you just go right into that next episode. You're yeah. just you're ready to go. It's a lighter show, and there's a lot going on, so it's easy to just get sucked in and end up spending an entire night watching the whole season in one sitting. Where Mad Men, after you've watched one episode of Mad Men, and this is commercial television, which means you're only getting forty some odd minutes, you don't need to watch another episode of that show for another day or so. You need to take a, a day and just like let that like soak in your mind and come back to it because that's that's an involved watching experience. And I, for me, it was more enriching because by the end of True Blood, I was so sick of that show. Yeah. And that that was one of those. I mean, it's not like Dexter bad, but that was a really bad ending to a yeah, series. Weak. Really weak. Uh, where Mad Men, I thought it ended the way it needed to end. It ended appropriately. And the last you know two halves of a season, I thought were really good. But I think that that show suffered from a year long gap between it. It just mm-hmm. didn't have the momentum because it's just like okay, here's six episodes this year, and then a whole other year that another six episodes. It wasn't like Breaking Bad where the go show got to build momentum over that course of that yeah. time. Those of us that were already faithful to it were like, why are you making us wait a year to watch the last of this show? It never got that that momentum like Breaking Bad did. So I wanted to make sure I had enough time between those episodes, but I didn't need a freaking year. Did any of y'all watch the new Hero stuff? I never watched the old Heroes, to be honest uh, with you. Never watched the old stuff. My, my father used to watch Heroes, and I, I'd catch parts of episodes here and there, and I just and I understand that the guy's just like a huge borrower of of material from comics without any oh. attribution. Oh no, dude. It, it's like watching an X Men comic come to life. Oh yeah, yeah. It's is that a good X Men comic or a bad uh, X Men comic? Okay, season one, good. Two, good. Three, weak. Really weak. Season four, okay. New season. Because they're only an episode or two in, right? Yeah, I think I, I think they're three because the first the the uh, first season was two episodes or the season opener was two episodes. I'm gonna have to give it a little bit more time. I mean, it, I I don't. I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, I have to watch every one of these episodes. I'm more like, what's well, nothing to do today? What? All right, well, let's kill the day with it. Like I can put it in that that category because I'm not. I wasn't super stoked about it when I was watching it. It was kind of like, okay, they they. I don't know. It had the same feel, so that's okay. Same music. They're kind of going darker. Almost felt like almost a, a, a civil war feel. You know, there was a giant bomb that the government is now going after the heroes, and you had you know, I, I'm sure there's gonna be some some government agents that are heroes chasing down heroes. I, I just it's Scott was it Loeb right? Which one? Who's the producer? I, I know Jeff Loeb was involved. With it. I don't know if he still is though. No, I think yeah, no, I saw his name pop up. Okay, on it. yeah, so he's pretty much gonna probably uh, what was the word you like using? Oh, influenced. I'm sure he's gonna be no, influenced. No. By no, no. Well, no, but Martin my understanding is Jeff Loeb is the one that was doing that. My understanding is the show's creator that Craig got. Oh, he was real? the one that was influenced. Well, but, well, here's the thing. Who was he influenced by? I, I don't have a problem with the influence. I have a problem with the fact that they that this guy is always denied that he knew anything about comics. He yeah. talked like he created it in a vacuum. Just admit, look, I, I've been reading comics forever. Nobody make a decent TV show, so I decided to make a good, good TV show out of it. That's all you got to say because so people it, understand that most most. Well, but, but it's a blanket denial. That way, nobody supposedly comes after him. It's like you don't understand. Marvel and DC is never going to sue you for borrowing yeah, their stories. Yeah, you know, unless it's a creator-owned book where they have an investment in that one title because the big companies know it's not worth their trouble or if you're naming him like Sport or Glam instead of Spider-Man and he's mm. in the same costume they don't go after you yeah. that's why all the por- we talked about sport. that's why you can do all the porn stuff and they don't care you're right yeah, the, nobody nobody at Marvel and DC wants to acknowledge that there are porno versions of their characters out there so instead of saying the words or co- creating a lawsuit that's definitely 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 going to get on the news they just pretend it's covered by parody even though clearly it's not because those movies typically are not funny they arouse a whole other set of feelings for 2016. In fact, I think we should record a promo about all the changes to the Fire & Water Podcast Network happening this year. 
What do you think, Rob? That's a great idea. We can mention the new folks joining the network and all the shows. I can talk about how we'll continue with our Aquaman and Firestorm show. And I want to be sure to plug my movie show, The Film and Water Podcast. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I think we should definitely record a promo. I'll mention how the Secret Origins podcast is joining the Fire and Water Network. And then I'll introduce my newly relaunched shows, Give Me Those Star Wars and Power of Fishnets, The Black Canary and Zatanna Podcast. Sound good to you, Chris? Absolutely. I'll mention the show I record with my lovely wife, Cindy, Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. We should probably also mention the Power Records podcast Rob and I do, too. What about you, Siskoid? Well, sure. I can talk about my ensemble show, The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, and my new upcoming shows about the DC Comics crossover event, Invasion, and yes, Oh Hot Moo. Shag, you think we should mention Hero Points, the most occasional DC Heroes role-playing podcast? Sure, why not? And I can talk about Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, and mention my new upcoming show, Justice League International, Wahaha Podcast. Now, here's what I'm thinking. When we record, I'm fine being the first person talking. I can explain all the changes to the Wait network. a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why do you get to start the promo? I'm just as much of a part of this as you are. It was my idea to create the Fire and Water podcast back in 2011. I should start off this promo. I kind of think it should be one of the new voices who kick off the promo. It'll shock the listener into attention if it's not Rob or Shag. Cindy and I make up two people in the network. Plus, you know, ladies first. So we should be the first people talking on the promo. Ben voyons donc. You have what? got uh, what? to be the Stop it. You're like boys with toys. Let's just make this simple. We can tell the folks at home the Fire and Water Podcast Network is growing in 2016. Several new shows are joining the network. We'll have a new dedicated website, a Twitter account, and Facebook page. And folks will be able to subscribe to each individual show or all of them. See, now was that so hard? Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available soon through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fireandwaterpodcast.com. Seriously, Shag, you had to get the last word, didn't you? Well, Sucks uh, I'm not in that picture, man. Damn. What? Oh, uh, it's a picture from Firestorm Fan. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get in on the picture? He tagged us on, on the Twitter. Okay. That's what he was saying. So I showed him the so picture. Did you my picture? That looked pretty cool. Why would I show you? What, what? What? Did you put us on? Did you put it up? No, he did. How would I show you? It's on his uh, Facebook page. Oh, the Facebook one. Yeah. I'll show you. Ooh. What the hell? Why have I been? Why do I have all these notifications? Yeah, so what uh, if, if you got tagged in with Firestorm Fan via your Twitter, then that's going to happen. No, it's. Uh, they, that, they, they have a pretty damn good audience. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, most of our audience, their audience, like, you know, uh, we, we, we diverted a portion of their audience to our show. That's where most of our audience are. Just that are ours. Most of them. Well, that was so weird. I didn't realize that Eternal Rage, like, he has nothing to do with their show. Yeah, he's... I had no clue. So I was like, man, I listen to how he got... So, you know, listening to the show, I'm not sure how that even happened. Because it was weird when y'all were like, when I asked, can we cuss? And you're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, it's fire and no, water. We, we, so. cur- we cursed. We did. Now I just want to make sure I came out. Because, dude, I felt weird walking in the middle and not knowing what was going on. Yeah. Well, actually, I kind of I kind of like you kind of jumping in there. Because, like I said, he was sort of like, you know, it's like us two run the show and then you just kind of show up a little bit. And when you came in there and you were talking to Batman and stuff and everything else, it's like, he's stepping up. He's showing up for this one. And I like that yeah. too because he has a, they have a bigger audience than us. Machine. There are people that have never listened to our show and would not have any idea who you guys were. But by appearing on Fire and Water, it gives you an opportunity to be an audience. Which is one of the reasons why I've been so irritated at Ryan Daly for not having either one of you on Secret Origins because it doesn't Ooh. give you all a chance. He's the one who does the Secret Origins podcast, and I want you guys to be on this so that you have an opportunity to do stuff that doesn't involve me. I want you guys to spread your wings and fly. No, I like hanging, dude. You're, you're we only we're only ported into this world because of you, dude. Yeah, you are the I, I, Ash, and we are your Pokemon, dude. <laughs> that is fucking strange. Oh my god, that was peculiar. Fix it, fix it. <laughs> Yeah, the- <laughs> Fix it. <laughs>
Actually, there was none. <laughs> See, that's it, dude. Hold on. We, we, you, are, you are the ash to us Pokemon. So, uh, did you want to talk about anything else DC related? Because I still oh, kind of want to do... I got some. Because I actually wanted to do the DC Bloodlines podcast where, uh, talk, where we talk more about DC like stuff. It. And I want to do... I did one episode of DC Bloodlines because my intention was always to do with co-hosts. But I never have gotten around to it because I haven't had time. But, so, I was going to plug that into one of those DC Bloodlines and help right. with the Gotham. Why not? Real quick. So, the writer of Batman is current Batman. Oh, Scott Snyder, right? Okay. So, I decided I'm going to read other stuff Scott, Scott Snyder's written. Um, I like his American Vampires. I think it's a really good series. Uh-huh. I've read like the first five trades. I'm, I'm, I have great view on vampires, great history, like an uh, uh, alternate history of vampires. So, I decided to pick up his book, Witches. I've got the first trade on order in case you want to read that. I already read it. Oh, you did? Okay. How was that? So, the comic is the brother hanging out with his sister. They're having drinks and it's from the perspective of the sister. So, you're seeing everything from her point of view. Like literally from her eyes. Yeah, from her eyes. Yeah. She all of a sudden is like getting groggy, falls down and he's like, I'm really sorry. I had to do this. And he's talking about how it's going to happen really quickly. Don't look. You know, you can't look at him. And so he covers his hand, his eyes and he covers her eyes, but his fingers are open. So you're seeing that perspective between the fingers. The witch comes in, which is a deformed creature, takes the baby, sees it, disappears. All of a sudden he's like, wait, you saw it. And then his body's yanked from the, the, the panel. And then you're assuming that she dies as well. The, the witch ends up killing them all. So I'm like, this is a first read when I get home. You start reading the series. Garbage. Garbage. Mm, Dude, it, yeah, that, that preview was really cool. Yeah, no. I, and so I'm reading it and people are like, oh, it's one of the most terrifying comics of the that. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, where did they get these blurbs from? Because I'm reading, I'm like, not one time though I was a like, terrified. Well, that, that that's actually why whenever I see blurbs on anything really, but especially on comic books, I like to make sure what the source is. Because I might not know your film review site, but I know the comic sites. And if it, and even if it's like Newsarama, it's like, well, they have all kinds of random jerks who write stuff for Newsarama. That doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean, you know, no. yeah, it, like if it's CBR, well, is it somebody who's a good reviewer like J. Caleb Mazzucato or is it just some random jerk? So you, you really have to look at those closely because you can get anybody to say anything and you don't even need Paola well, comics there's enough bad taste that you don't need to actually benefit those people man I should have brought it with me then you could have just read it because it's not a- it doesn't matter I paid for it I, uh-huh. I pre-ordered it I paid for it already it just has to come through the, the well when you mail. get it we'll talk about it uh, you should have it dude it already came out the library had it dude I was so disappointed in it because it just it was yeah, one of those- the, the, the preview story is so great that it's a yeah, lot to live yeah, up to read the preview at the very end dude. It's and it's short it's eight yeah. pages well yeah. it's just it's, it's kind of like Scott Snyder's uh, Dawn of the Dead okay that was one you know I, that first 10 minutes that they released online was so great so awesome and pumped me up so much to see the movie Scott I was a Snyder? jerk yeah, oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah Zack Snyder sorry Zack Snyder because well, we were talking about yeah. Scott Snyder okay so I, I was so pumped to see that movie that I was oh, yeah, a jerk that ambulance crashing right. oh yeah I, I was so hyped that I was a jerk I went and saw the movie because me and Mac were supposed to see it together and I couldn't wait so I went and I saw it once on my own and then I had to watch it a second time with Mac and it was like it wasn't a bad movie it was okay I enjoyed it but, but that first 10 minutes was so good oh, dude, it's that the intense. rest of the movie couldn't even remotely compare because like they did the same thing with Serenity and Serenity had a really great opening sequence and then you go out and see the movie and the movie is just as good if not better than that opening sequence whereas with Dawn of the Dead nothing is anywhere near as good as the rest of the movie I thought the ending that, was cool I like that little trailer I, see, and I hated the, no and that's the thing that I hated is that you get the setup and it's like okay well this is the ending of the movie and I, I'm okay with this there, there's there's trauma there's pain there's bad stuff that happens but you know this is a good stopping point and leave it from leave it live from here and then they felt the need to do that extra footage over the course of the credits and just like took away all doubt that oh terrible terrible more terrible stuff happened and I didn't need that I thought oh. that it was already bad enough where they left things and then it's like let's let's turn the screws a little bit harder over let's the credits crank it up to yeah and it just felt like too oh this is gonna be so cool it's gonna be so rock and roll and to me what it did is it told me you never cared about these characters and you were just waiting you're gonna get off on on you know savaging them some more over the credits.
Nowate. My name is Stella, and I host Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. I, along with my dear friend Donovan Morgan Grant, are going to be hosting a special Batgirl to Oracle episode called The Minority Report. I'm putting the call out right now for anyone that identifies himself or herself as a minority to have a discussion centering around this question. Are minorities portrayed properly in media? Now, Donovan Morgan Grant and I will be leading this discussion and would like your input. So whatever your nationality, ethnicity, gender identification, or sexual orientation, if you are interested in being a part of this conversation, please contact me at backroadoracle at gmail.com. This discussion will take place in early 2016. Heterosexual white males need not apply. Thank you, and I look forward to hearing from you. that home to me. Okay. Made it safely to the airport, about to board. It was fantastic to meet you guys, meet you and the guys. I had a blast, and please thank your wonderful lady for the hospitality and uh, delicious cooking. Hope we can do this again sometime. Don't forget to send me the audio too. <laughs> we get Why? What's that? He replied to that picture of us, and he just says exactly how I remember text. <laughs> <laughs> Super friends, I'm Kevin Smith, and tonight we're going to talk about the dawn of the Justice League. Man, DC Films and Warner Brothers Pictures finally bringing the Justice League universe to the big screen. What I was actually going to bring up with you is you watched the DC special where they were talking about all the movies that are coming out, Most right? of it, yeah. Most of it? Yeah, on no, YouTube. How did you watch it? YouTube. It's already on YouTube. Yeah, but they broke it up, so it's like Green Lantern portion, did, Wonder did Woman portion. Part? Smith was making a point of saying that they cut a snippet from that show where Jeff Johns was talking about the DC multiverse. Mm-hmm. Smith said, hey, if it's a multiverse, couldn't you have the TV shows and the movies interact? Yeah, actually, they just talked to yeah. I saw and that. And Johns was on. like, ah, and then comment beyond that. So they're thinking that as some sort of a combination. I think that's total bullshit. They just didn't want to rule it out. Right now, Kevin Smith and DC have this symbiote relationship because I still believe Gotham comes from one of his podcasts where they literally were joking about having the ba- all the bad characters in high school. And next thing you know, Gotham comes up and it kind of feels like all the characters are in high school. Mm. They're all younger versions of themselves. I, I like the, ver- the fact that they're a little skewed, but they're all like just kid versions of themselves. So yeah, I think they're just kind of drawn from that well. And he, they're, they're just like, he uh, suckles well, on the teeth well, well, and they, well, I, I also think that he's a, a big enough name in geek circles that he lends some degree of credibility mm-hmm. and I don't think he's expensive and he's usually got three time because he never seems to have a project going at any given time. Well, he's always doing movies but I think what it no, is, he's is not, he hadn't done anything since that uh, what was it like soccer hooligans or what was that? No, no, no. He's, he did? he's doing one. The Tusk one? The, the, no, one no. The he just did a, a, a film with his daughter. Uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He did that with Johnny well, Depp's Sundance right now. I think yeah. daughter, Johnny Depp's daughter yeah. or something's in there yeah, too. Yeah, his daughter. Uh, so, but Hulk, they, they filmed Hulk, that during this, while they were doing Tusk I think. Well, yeah, right after that I think he has another film coming up because he's doing okay. a lot of small films. He says he's going back to his roots where he's doing the small films. Yeah, this is not okay, a, this is not a Kevin Smith podcast. We're gonna stop now. Okay, but um, or the fact is, oh yeah, about the multiverse. Yeah, that would be kind of cool though. I just I, here's the thing. I I got no problem with it because that way you be, it, it works with DC continuity because DC always had multiverses. Even after they tried to wipe out the multiverse, it came creeping back in again, and they they go back and forth. 
forth with whether or not they want to acknowledge it, but it works for DC because I think DC oh. is more about legends than it is about continuity. Marvel was about continuity. Marvel, uh, especially once you had Stan and Jack, you know, when it actually was Marvel comics as opposed to the timely stuff, mm-hmm. it was all about those stories interconnecting because it was the same creator of most of yeah. those books. Stan, the same world, yeah. Stan scripted them all. You had the same artist doing all of it, so it just made sense for them to cross over and overlap with each other. Plus, it was easier to write that way because if you needed to bring somebody in for a sales spike or because it worked for a story, then yeah. But DC was always straight lines. It was always, you know, this is this editorial stable and those characters don't interact and they didn't even start playing with that really around the same time as Marvel did but never to the degree that Marvel did. So it, it makes sense that they would have a multiverse. They all, you know, Julie Schwartz when he introduced the concept of Earth 2 into DC continuity to explain how the Justice Society and the JLA could coexist. You know, they're on two separate Earths. They, they got characters with the same names and similar powers but they're different because they're on different Earths on different vibrational planes. So there's no reason why the TV continuity couldn't be valid and the movie continuity be valid and you don't even necessarily have to have them cross over. You can just say we're like Marvel right now. You know what's going on with Marvel where Isaac Perlman and uh, Kevin Feige are kind of feuding with each other? You heard about that, right? No. Okay. Basically, Perlman used to like run Marvel, period. And he was one of the guys who brokered the deal for Disney to buy Marvel. But because he's kind of a bit of a nutter and because he has some very handy, heavy-handed methods, for instance, he's the guy who's responsible for them taking down all the Fantasy Four posters in the Marvel offices and not allowing them on any licensing and canceling the Fantasy Four comic. And he'd pull stuff like that and he's also known as micromanaging Penny Pincher. I think I've read some articles. So because everybody was credited Kevin Feige for doing all the great stuff for the Marvel Studios and Disney doesn't have a problem with you spending money so long as you're making money. Basically, they went ahead and they took Marvel Studios away from Isaac Perlman's o- oversight and gave it to Feige. But Perlman still runs the TV division. So they used to have that big selling point of, oh yeah, we can have the TV characters and the movie characters intermixing. And in fact, most of the people who signed contracts to be in the movies signed a contract. I mean, sorry, most of the actors that signed a contract to be on television, part of their contract is that they can also use them in the movies. It doesn't work in reverse. The mm-hmm. movie actors, they can't get them to go to TV necessarily, mm-hmm. but they can make the TV actors go to movies. And that was really the plan, but once they did this change, all of a sudden, since that's under Isaac, it's like now all of a sudden the TV shows are a different continuity than the, the, the Marvel movies. And you've got guys like Charlie Cox, the guy who played Daredevil, is saying that they if they use Daredevil in Infinity War, they'd probably use a different actor because of that separation. And like, you know, there's just not as much interrelativity. And also, and they've said this, they finally admitted to it, that basically the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the only like proper show they have where it's actually broadcast on television, it's on ABC, they get the scraps of continuity. You know, they give them just enough so they can do some stuff late in the season to tie things into the Marvel movies, but they just get the leftovers. They get to fill in the gaps. When you think about it, the entire second season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was about setting up the helicarrier showing up in Age of Ultron. Sure. That's all they did. And that was a whole season, and that's basically what it came down to. And they're saying, like, the inhuman stuff that they've been setting up in S.H.I.E.L.D. this season and last season won't have anything to do with the movie if they do the movie at all, because that was really Isaac Perlmutter's, sorry, it was Perlmutter. Uh, that was his uh, push. He wanted to push Inhumans. So what, he's they're the not going to do an Inhumans movie? Who, no, that's the thing. They may not do an Inhumans movie. It's gone kind of gone back and forth on that front. So so it, it's throwing a bunch of stuff up in the air, so now you don't have that interrelativity at all. Well, DC already kind of does that because they're going to have their TV universe and their film universe. And I think seeing how that's not necessarily working out for Marvel, where Marvel's basically doing the same thing anyway, I don't think that all these people that throw shade because there's going to be a movie flash and a television flash and all that stuff. I, let them be separate because what I think happens is it allows the DC TV shows to have a lot more freedom. They can introduce people through the TV show and then they make the leap to the movies and the big budget and you're like, yeah, I get to see The Flash do all this stuff that he can't do on the TV show. I think it mutes the, the excitement of things you get to see on the TV show but by then, you know, by the time Flash shows up in the movies, you're talking about season three or four of Flash by the time that the, his solo movie comes out. He's going to appear, I believe, in Justice League but like just a little brief cameo. So... Costume looks like... 
Huh? It looks better on film. That's that's something that they're finding too is they figure out how to make it work for TV and film it correctly and it works where if you see except that Red Tornado Supergirl was terrible on screen too. It was bad. But anyway, so I like the idea of them just having their own continuities and you can imagine that they're in different universes. I think that's a better headcanon thing than something they actually need to spell out though and make official. I think it's just let the TV universe be the TV universe and as many of the shows that can be produced by Greg Berlanti so that you know there's a commonality that there's a, a, a thread running through that. Because they're still talking about trying to connect Supergirl to those other shows even though it's on a different network. And they go back and forth on that. So, you know, I kind of like Supergirl kind of being off on her own. And what can happen is if Supergirl eventually ends, they can still use those characters in the other Berlanti shows if they're still going. Well, they did it with Constantine, didn't they? Yeah. When Constantine, well, and Constantine wasn't a Berlanti show. It was just a DC show. Once NBC decided to cancel it, yeah, we can we can use those characters now. Uh, NBC doesn't care. It just helps them to promote the show. Now that they've canceled it, they still make some money off of it. And DC wants those characters to be out in the public. So everybody was cool with it. It would work the same way with Supergirl, most likely. Hmm. But there's still some possibility of them interrelating. I think they're just kind of downplaying that because the degree to which they can relate to one another is is in question because there's issues bet- with them being on two separate networks. And see, that, I'm, like I told you earlier, I'm going to give Supergirl a try. I still, I don't know if it's your show. Though. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't I, know I, if I, won't like, I was a little interested when I saw the Martian Manhunter flying next to her and I thought that was kind of neat. You saw, you watched that video? You watched I, the reveal? Well, no, I saw the clip. Too, right? they, they had a clip and they mm-hmm. just see them flying and I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see that. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I know you're a huge Martian Manhunter. I mean, I only know about Martian Manhunter because of you mm-hmm. and all the stuff you've always passed on. So I'm kind of interested in to see which way they would take them. Um, They've handled it pretty well so far. Well, again, to go back to Kevin Smith, but like listening to that podcast where he had, what was his name? Uh, Andrew Kreisberg. Kreisberg. Yeah, I, yeah, I love the fact that they, they, they seem to be saying true to the characters mm-hmm. and really, so if you read the book and you watch the show, you're like, oh, that's that's just a new, the translation to the to a small screen. Yeah, and actually that's part of what I like about Supergirl is I think they've been truer to the characters that have appeared on that show than the other shows. Like they did make Red Tornado a villain, but he was created to be a villain anyway. So that kind of suits. Um, they turned Jim into a villain, but it's Jim, so who cares? Where, like on the Flash show, though, they turned Adam Smasher into a villain, and that doesn't. Well, no, no, but see, they, well, they cop out because they're from Earth Two. Oh, is that? Yeah. Okay. So the whole Earth Two actually exists. I know that's how they got Killer Frost into the show, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. every time, so now when you're getting villains on his universe, they're all from Earth Two. Mm-hmm. So you, you're not really villains. Okay. So it's no, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Well, I told you that was the one thing I loved about that one episode with Grodd, where they transported him to Earth Two, and he mm-hmm. lands. And I, I mean, at the time, I was like, ah, Flash is kind of cool. And then when they showed Gorilla City, I was just like, oh, I love this show. I remember I text Mac. I'm like, Gorilla City. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why did you text me? I did. You I don't remember you saying anything. I, I text both y'all dudes. I watched it at lunch, and I'm sitting there, and, and he's fighting Grodd, and they kept talking about teleporting him. Of course, they have a character from Earth 2 on there, and he's always kind of hinting that there's these other parts on his in his universe that are different than our verse. Is that the Earth 2 Flash? Yeah, no, the, the Doctor. That was actually the villain. Season 1. Oh, is that how they kept that guy who played yeah. Zoom on the yeah, show? Is yeah. the Earth 2 version of that character? Now, so now you uh, have a zoom. Okay. You have a zoom. From I thought he was doing like a Hannibal Lecter thing. Well, they're they doing, captured it, it's, him. It's getting. It's kind of cool because it's it, the one thing. Like you're the DC fan. Yeah, and we're definitely. The well, I fan. used to be. It's less less so than that. You well, know. the thing I always liked about. I, I was never a big fan that DC's characters were so super powerful. I, we talked about it a mm-hmm. long time ago. Like they're all super powerful, which I always thought was kind of a turn off. But I do love the fact that they'll do this really weird. That Marvel t- t- tends to shy away from, mm-hmm. and uh, right now in the show, there's a zoom, there's flash, and then there's a reverse flash that just mm-hmm. appeared. So yeah, they're, that's Eobar uh, Thawn. Yeah, the, and those are from the he's from the comics. Yeah, and so he's in the future, and he's, his life goes backwards. Yeah, but they've already killed a zoom before right. or a reverse. Flash. I mean, it's like so. I kind of like that weird kind of all over the place because mm-hmm. it keeps it interesting. And there, so far, I believe it's it's zoom. He's really twisted. I mean, it's it's the Black Flash. Mm-hmm. His mouth. We don't know who he is yet. He's he's. It's 
it's it's a good story arc. Yeah, so he's far. creepy looking. I've seen him. Yeah. But that's why like someone like a Grant Morrison belongs at DC. He's worked at Marvel and I, I don't have a problem with people like moonlighting at the other company for a little mm-hmm. bit just as a change of pace. But Morrison's the kind of guy, his kind of ideas belong at DC. And but, somebody like Brian Bendis belongs at Marvel. But the problem is though, like, when he kind of, I, I like certain creators who have the right mindsets to work within the context of that universe. But if you're gonna I let, like that separation of the But universes. if you're gonna let him do it, you have to let him go full. Yeah, well they do they do Morrison has pretty pretty broad uh, Yeah, realm. but like they, his whole 52 was just He didn't do he, well, no, four guys that, did 52. No, but what was that that arc that Multiversity? He did? Was it the Multiversity? I don't know. You gave me something to read and it was just Oh, they, you, that was the one that had the Charlton Heroes, right? His he, him turning so. the Charlton Heroes back into the Watchmen or something like that. Yeah, it was just yeah, it, was it was just a it was weird Yeah, that one, I didn't like that one. It was too vague, but you like the art, right? Yeah, Quite no, did that yeah. One? yeah. So, I had a problem with that cuz I was really looking forward to that when I first heard that they were going to go ahead and give an Earth over to the Charlton characters and treat them as though Alan Moore had done them used the original Charlton's yeah. instead of analogs but then when the book actually came out it's like this this is nothing this, uh, he's not doing anything with these characters it's just a bunch of imagery it just it really ticked me off I, I was very disappointed by that but he did Thunderworld as well where Captain Marvel was on his own Earth and that was that was solid okay I gotta you know, yeah. I'll because each, each one of those books is its own Earth in the 52 Earth multiverse they've yeah. got so they all had vastly different tones and I, I for me I didn't, you're, you know how it is you're supposed to read them all and then you find where they interlap with each other I'm not going to do that I read Thunderworld that one was good I read whatever the Charlton one was called that one wasn't good it was pretty but it wasn't it didn't read worth a damn so yeah. it, for me it was just a crapshoot and the stuff he worked better on uh, I think obviously was th- the working on characters like Captain Marvel where he was able to get into the wonder and the whimsy and that, that something that's more in his wheelhouse oh, yeah. well, that's actually why you still need to talk, uh, watch uh, Talking With Gods the documentary on him Yeah. because he gets into the filth and why the filth happened and why the filth was something that shouldn't have happened Do, I, I think uh, everybody involved with that like Chris Weston was like yeah I'm going to do a book with Grant Morrison and then when the script started coming he's like what have I committed to what have I done to myself and Morrison was going in a, he was in a bad head trip basically yeah. when he did that book and it didn't help <laughs> well no it explains why I, I, I have to watch it now because I've read it and I still like it's one of those books you read it and you're not sure what you read like I don't really remember I remember reading it just like a bunch remember. of horrible stuff right yeah just, but I don't remember if I liked it or disliked it I'm really I, I not liking very, it I, I think I almost felt indifferent about it it was just like I started I have to finish it just to see where it's going mm-hmm. the art was pretty and, and I, I just this week was cleaning out a room and I found the whole series collected in a, in a, in a bag and so I was like, maybe I should read again. But there was part of me like, no, we, we don't want to go there again. It's, yeah. it's a bad place. So. I, if I remember correctly, the way it was phrased, I know that he was basically coming down off the 90s. He'd been high for most of the 90s on drugs. He'd been partying. He'd be traveling around the world. And he, he was like really high off of just the possibilities of the 90s. And then going into the 2000s, it's like he realized that all the work he'd been doing had, all, had really not had any impact. He thought he was doing good in the world with the work he was doing. And he saw that there really wasn't any change. Uh, he was this free spirit who was having all kinds of free sex and having parties and stuff but he didn't have anybody in his life that loved him and like his cat was dying from cancer because uh, he incorporated that into the book is like the, the yeah, character ca- yeah. Not, yeah because that's what he does he incorporates his life into most of his story like he always made a big thing about how he is King Mob he wrote himself into the Invisibles and he's King Mob and stuff that happened to King Mob happened to him he nearly died so he's he- through this mystical connection he had to King Mob him purging all his bad feelings from crashing at the end of the 90s and just like basically everything that he had thought he was working towards had fallen apart around him and it became the film I kind of want to go back and read <laughs> well, no. I don't know that you want to do that. I, I want to read the document. I want to watch the documentary first. You watch the documentary. And I think that'll be more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's int- I still own it, but I don't. Well, uh, he started to come back with books like Sea Guy, where he kind of got. Yeah, his, I know you his, love that one. I, I, you know, I never read the second one. I liked it, but I never, I never quite made it to the second volume. I don't think, unless they never collected it. Maybe they just never collected it, and that's why I didn't read it. I liked it all right. It was interesting. Hmm. But it was also kind of melancholy too, though. After mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, the last thing of his I read was the the Batman stuff, and uh, I just don't like him on Batman. Mm-hmm. I think he looks. He works better when you give him characters that he can really push the boundaries on them and go
go really weird. Well, he did do that with Batman. It's just maybe not the boundaries you wanted him to push, though. Like Batman Corp, and Mm -hmm. it just uh, he did some interesting stuff with Batman. He's the one who had him do, you know, become the alien Batman Zurnar or whatever that was called. What? Yeah, Yeah. because there there was. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know. This isn't a can of worms. I want to. Yeah, he opened. He put Batmite back into the continuity. But see, that's where Grant Morrison's great when he gets weird. But that's how you got the Batman of all nations back too, and that people seem to like that. That's what Batman Incorporated was yeah. spun out from. So. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Batman Incorporated like Kids Incorporated? No. They have it, like a Mexican Batman and a <laughs> Japanese Batman. And a, yeah. it, it came from 50s Batman stories, actually. They had Batman of all nations where apparently Batman inspired people from around the world to do their own versions of Batman. And so in the aughts, Morrison decided to actually have them be part of a corporation where they're supported by Bruce Wayne. And so they were actually brought strongly into continuity. Where, so it's, it's like Shark Tank. Okay. He funds small business owners okay, across the yeah, world. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You come in, try out. A little bit of a reach, but yeah. He'll say, I'll give you 20, I'll give you, you know, $400,000 to become Japanese Batman, but I want a 20% stake. <laughs> and then they negotiate. Uh, all, 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 merch, all merch. Yeah, I, I want all merchandise rights. But, He's uh, the George Lucas of Batman world. We got way off topic there. Yeah. The point was we were going to talk about the DC movies that there were. Okay. Were, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. There. So go back to that. So let's, I, I think, maybe get the big one out of the way first, Suicide Squad. See, Mac, had you seen the San Diego Suicide Squad trailer? Yes. Okay, so that's the one that had the... Yeah, I think we talked about I it. I started a joke. I thought it looked dumb. You thought it looked dumb then? Yeah, but yeah, yeah we talked about it in another podcast. Remember, I said it because it looked like it had four or five scenes where Harley Quinn was dancing. Mm-hmm. It was like every single cut of her in that trailer, she was dancing. Okay. I was like, oh, that's dumb. But but the, the newest one with uh, Guardians Bohemian of the Galaxy, Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody ripoff, uh, I thought it, it thought that was looked okay. Just okay, though? Yeah, that just looked okay. What about you? I'll go see it because we're going to go watch it. I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of... I, I, I really don't like their Harley Quinn. She's see, not I, She's Actually, a Harley, she's yeah. a goth chick playing Harley Quinn. Like I, I've what I've seen of the that now the director I've seen some of his other films and I like the director so I'm hoping he's going to surprise me because he does that in quite a few films especially like Fury and stuff. But I'm just not feeling this movie. Like it, it feels like they're trying way too hard to be cool and different and we're going to do something like you know we're 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 not your your brother your dad's comics. We're doing something cool and different. We got the neon colors and I like that a lot. I, I like that. Especially the DC Shield. It, it Batman. Dude. The minute I saw that, I no, dude, I thought Schumacher. Oh, no, it's not. Sh- it's not movies. Schumacher. They, they weren't making a bunch of punt. Well, were they doing any puns in the trailer? No puns. Dude, she punches. She what? She bashes a window. They all turn around. She grabs a purse and he goes, "What the hell's wrong with you? We're criminals, right?" I'm like, "Oh, shut the." F- up. That was so stupid. That made no sense. Like, I don't know. No, just just as a ca- as a casual observer of Harley Quinn, that just seems like Harley Quinn to me. I nah. still think I still think you're hung up because you are very married to the Harley Quinn of the animated series. You like Harley Quinn in the Jester's outfit, the no, classic no, no, version. No, no, no. I, the thing about the I, no, I liked her personality. You have to remember, she's not like this sociopath. She she in the beat, cartoons though. She gets, she, she's she gets beat up by the Joker. She's his punching bag. Mm-hmm. Like she's this. She's that. Uh, no, the, uh, nothing in the trailer shows you that that's not. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to beat up on her. But No, but actually, I, was it, see, that's the thing that I actually do have a bit of a trouble with is it's pretty clear they're going to give her origin in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And the origin from the comics, which was by the same guys who did the animated series, is that she fell in love with the Joker's chaos mentality. And she was one of his doctors at Arkham Asylum. Yeah. She was essentially seduced by the Joker. And so she helped he break her. him out and started dressing up in the Harley Quinn suit. So she was entirely, it was her choice. She was obviously a little nutso too to fall for God the Joker. Right. But she was the one who made all those choices. And one thing that 
bothers me about what I'm seeing in the movie trailer is that it's clear that he's going to torture her and after at some point after this torture that he experiences under her it looks like he probably throws her into that of chemicals like he went through so it looks like she's not only taking his origin instead of having her own but it's an origin that's based in his abuse and her having sort of a Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing going yeah. on and that's not a, a very 2016 attitude to take with a character like Harley Quinn I think her old origin was actually more progressive and more forward thinking and that's sort of retro and misogynistic plus she's clearly going to be a little sex doll in that movie that's oh, yeah. why they put her on those little short shorts they've been doing that in the comics anyway She's that's just who she is now but I, just, I, don't, I don't know she I is just... more of a crazy sociopath she is more of a killer she is more of a sex pot. I just I, my biggest fear is this: you've gave you gave me some Suicide Squad to read. Um, well, but this is the new Fifty Two. I know, Suicide and I get, and I get that, and I actually have some of that as well. I just, I just, I, it's it seems like they're trying to. Like you have Will Smith, so he's not going to die, and he's going to have he's going to be one of those kind of stoic villains where he's a bad guy, but he's misunderstood, and he's doing it for his kid who probably has cancer or something. Like that. No, he has a kid in the comics now. They, did, they introduced that in uh, at least the early 2000s with but the Christmas Cage series. I was like, but I don't know. I just, I was the stuff I read that you gave me was like these were bad people. Yeah, yeah. And and so when they died, which step of line did I give you? Um, uh, did you read the original Ostrander or did you read Ostrander, the From the Ostrander, Ashes Ostrander, miniseries? Ostrander. I was trying to come up with a name I couldn't think of. Well, he wrote he wrote both, but I mean, was it that trade paperback that came out in more recent years where it's like they're getting the band back together essentially? No, it's no, called no, From no, the that's Ashes. First run. Okay, so this is the stuff where like from the 80s then. Yeah, like. Okay. Just wiping out characters because I mean, yeah. I was just like, holy shit! Like, didn't you read the the one from the the '90s that Keith Given did too? No, where it's more of a so. cartoony style of artwork, no, like more like Umberto so. Ramos looking stuff. No, okay, kind of would like to check. That yeah, that out. one's good too. I like those, but I, I liked it because these characters weren't really in the books. They didn't seem redeemable. They're just like really no, bad they're, people. They're mostly, yeah, they're bad people, and so you just want to see how far. Like you almost I, well to me anyway. I enjoyed it to see all the bad they, all the bad stuff they do. How do they get out of stuff doing the bad things instead of the heroes taking the high road where oh we won't you know we won't do this they're like oh yeah I'll absolutely kill this person to get through that door I have no problem with that so when they died you're kind of like well I mean it just came hand in hand well you know who's gonna die you know Slipknot's gonna die who? Slipknot is totally gonna die Adam Beach the Native American dude oh yeah yeah because like on that special they named everybody in the Suicide Squad and showed a picture of their comic book incarnation except Slipknot <laughs> so it's like that dude's toast that guy's gone I thought Enchantress but they clearly have spent a little bit of money on her powers manifesting mm. though and it looks cool I like it looks like she's got like flies and stuff flying around her it looks like she's got like bugs and like toxic stuff like going around her I, I, but I like that I like that she's really creepy looking so I'm hoping they're gonna like maybe keep have her keep around I said, um, I'm gonna give the, I'll give the movie a check I just I don't I'm just not feeling it dude mm-hmm. and it's not because I'm a Marvel fan and all Marvel movies are great I honestly I think I'm probably gonna end up liking it better than Guardians honestly really? I like yeah. because I have less on, investment dude. no listen you see two trailers that. and you're like oh I'm gonna like yeah, that yeah, Guardians. well because I'm not I like Guardians okay but I didn't love it I thought that there were a lot of opportunities there that they missed obviously this movie's gonna have more girl power as opposed to Gamora being such a there wimp. you go yeah that's a big that's a part of it because Gamora should have been the biggest badass and instead she was such a wuss in Guardians where I like that these are bad people if if they have character flaws they're supposed to they're freaking criminals and I do like the girl power you got Katana you got Enchantress you got Harley Quinn you got Amanda Waller the one of the bad, most badass characters in all the comic book and they actually got somebody that remotely resembles the wall as opposed to that scrawny model they got on mm. the Arrow show yeah. so yeah I, I, I'm just I think I want to be able to because I I'm not invested in any of those characters enough that I can't roll with most anything to do. The only thing that I would have a problem with is that they screw with Killer Croc because he's like my favorite Batman villain. And really? I, yeah, I love Killer Croc. I never knew that. I love Killer Croc. Yeah. The problem is... It's they, always been that way. The, Loves him some Killer Croc. But but my, my, the Killer Croc I love is the one that was originally created by Jerry Conway and I think Dan Jurgens designed him. And he was a, more of a thinker. He wasn't like the one of the cartoons where he was 
kind of dumb and yeah. just vicious. He did go through sewers, though. He was a killer who's like a mob boss. He's a guy who killed Jason Todd's parents in the pre-crisis universe. That's how he became Robin, in fact. He murdered his parents. And the way Dan Jurgens drew Croc, and he had a really good inker, too. I don't remember who inked him, but he just looked so scary, so vicious, so... Uh, he looked more like Luke Cage in uh, Jessica Jones, where he's just like his, his proportions, his human proportions, and he just had the scales, but he looked really tough, really dangerous. He had a cool origin, too, and I just want him to be handled well, and so far, he looks good. I like him running around the hoodie. I like it being clear that he's trying to conceal himself, but he's got good makeup, and I think he's going to look really badass once they start showing him in action. I think he's just going to be brutal. I think he might end up being like the Groot, the, the of this Groot. One, oh, yeah. where this guy, yeah. you're not looking for Killer Croc, and when he shows up, he shows up in such an over-the-top, vicious way that he's going to win people over. I think El Diablo is probably going to come off looking pretty cool, too. Well, like, right I, now, I, I, juicy, I, just, but with, I just don't feel they're going to make him evil. They're all going to be like, they're just bad guys. I think they're going to be bad. I think, bad. I think that's what they got David Ayer. But the thing is, if you're bad, then you're just, you can be redeemed. When you're evil, you're No, I think really some of these guys are going to be freaking evil. That's why I like that shot of uh, Captain Boomerang hiding in the middle of a battle and, drink, and drinking a brewski. Because this is a guy who, he's a, he can be cowardly like that. He's absolutely no, motivated by himself. Like that. Yeah, that's nothing. So I, I, I think you're going to see that. And that's going to be one of those things. I think people will suffer bad more than they'll suffer cowardly. You like A lot of times people like will immediately dismiss you if you're a coward. But I like the idea of there being cowards in the group. I like the idea. I'm hoping they recreate the sequence from the original Suicide Squad books where Captain Boomerang is the guy who talks Slipknot into the situation that leaves him dismembered, essentially. He actually like cons him into doing something that he should have done, and he, he dies because of it. I think if they did that again in the movie, that would be freaking awesome. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'll get, I'll get a shot, man. I just... yeah. Hey, when does that come out? When does that movie come out? That one's August. August? Okay. Yeah. You see, that's another reason why it's totally Guardians of the Galaxy. They even have the same, like, because it wasn't Guardians in August movie, too. It I was. It totally was. Because it showed you can still make money in August. Because it just plowed through, like, three weeks of August. Because we got what? Deadpool's coming up, and right after Deadpool's Batman and Superman and. Uh, Mars, right? Yeah, about six weeks after. Because yeah. if I remember correctly, Deadpool comes out Valentine's Day. Yeah. And then uh, Superman versus ba- Batman versus Superman is the end of March. March. 25th. So that should be interesting. And then two months later, like, well, not even two months, like, about five, six weeks later, you get Civil War, which is going to be the best of all of them. <laughs> Wow, I have I, I have my reservations about all Marvel movies now. Really? Why? That they're gonna just try and cram way too many characters in it because they're planning for three other movies down the road. I still think that Age what, of Ultron has soiled me. So you think nothing but like a setup movies now, setting up the next movie, yeah. setting up the next movie. Yeah. That they're they're gonna tinker too much with every movie to try and fit in what they're gonna do in the next three movies. That it's just gonna the directors are gonna mail it in and everything that's decent is gonna get cut. And, you know. I, I think that what part of what hurt Age of Ultron is they were using Age of Ultron to set up Civil War. I think Civil War is the payoff. For Age of Ultron. So I, I think... I hope so. I, yeah, what, honestly, I what I think... That. I could see that. What I think happened is Iron Man 2 got sacrificed to make the Avengers happen. And that Age of Avengers, Age of Ultron got sacrificed to make Civil War happen. I think that once you see the payoff, you'll like the... It, just like what happened with Iron Man 2. You like Iron Man 2 better after you see Black Widow being cool in other movies. Once they finally got her set up. I think the same thing's going to happen here. They had Ant-Man, and Ant-Man's going to be in Civil War. You've got all those new Avengers. They're yeah. going to split into two different teams and fight each other in Civil War. They're not... The only new character they're introducing is Black Panther. So if he's going to be a badass. And you don't have to develop like that all that much because as soon as he shows up, you're like, oh crap, this guy's like the snake eyes of the Marvel Universe. He doesn't need to say anything. He doesn't do any, need to do anything besides kick people's butts. And you don't have to explain anything about oh, his backstory. So is somebody going to die in Civil War? Totally. They, my understanding is they filmed multiple. Three, yeah. They did. I, I was just leading you into whether or not you've had heard that yet. Yeah, I've heard. Spoiler. 
for yeah. yeah, yeah. So somebody's gonna die, and they've recorded multiple deaths. Mm-hmm. Somebody died. That'd be cool. They kill all three. <laughs> like they use all three endings. I'd be dope. <laughs> all of a sudden, because who, who were the three? I don't know. I didn't invest. Okay. I don't want to know. Then I'm not gonna say because I was gonna say. I don't think anybody has said. I don't think they did. They have. I don't want to know. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I don't want to know. Okay. Let's just say I think all of them. Let's just say I think all of them are cool. If any one of them happens, I think it'll be kind of cool. Well, if they follow the books, we already know where it's going. Were there any major? Were there any major all sporting characters? You didn't want to know. No, no, don't. No, no, no. That's fine. Hey, man, don't do that. You've told me I tell you, and now you're trying to goad me into telling you. Wow, dude, that was like watching a dope fiend right there, dude. He's like, yeah, yeah, clearly. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Mac, you had a theory. A few things on Roman. One, I think it looks cool. I think the World War One looks cool. I think all the uh, why not World the, War II? the outfits, the, all the outfits look cool. Um, but obviously, it's World War One and not World War Two because Captain America did World War Two. Obviously, right? He owns it. Everybody's trying war. to everybody's trying to give Wonder Woman credit. That, oh, World War One. Nobody ever uses one more World War One. This is so smart, right? That they're gonna you know blah 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 women's rights blah blah blah, which is a bunch of bullshit. It's just because Captain America did World War Two. Everybody does World War Two. Everybody. I would have loved to see the Civil War. Watch her run around in Civil War. Yes, that would have been. Like a, kind of slavery. She's anti-slavery. Women are probably treated even worse than that. Just saying. No, I, I, I disagree. No, because I think that one of the reasons why you had the rise of feminism was because of the industrialization. Is when everybody was you like on the family farm and stuff. Then rights wasn't as big of an issue, I don't think. But once you had men going off and working in the cities, and then the women were basically left to fend for themselves, or they're already fending for themselves, and they're trying to do so in a city, they won't employ them like they employ men. Yeah, I think you need the industrial revolution to highlight the need for feminism and I do think that it was a smart thing to have her be placed in the era of the early suffragettes so you could see how bad women's lot was before the start of feminism I, I like the idea that they're tying this movie into feminism and allow that to be the case but I also totally agree that they went World War One, so they weren't in World War Two, because that's where the actual character came from but it doesn't help that she's running around with a freaking shield smacking quasi Nazis yeah, she's got a shield be Hessians or guys, something she's got a shield oh, wait, wait, yeah, she's wait, got a, so, she's shield, got a shield. and she's smacking quasi Nazis She's got red, white, and blue with stars all over. A simple no would have sufficed because that was like a really bad joke on my part. But I was literally visualizing the scene from the the Untouchables when De Niro's bashing the guy with a baseball bat as you were beating my joke when it was it was just I was just poking fun. You didn't have to kill it. No, I wanted to express those thoughts. Uh, You murdered it. So so here's the thing. I thought she looked like Xena. I saw and I was like I thought it was Xena. I think there's a lot of Xena in there. I don't. I I know Max. Like I didn't. I saw. I mean, granted, 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 I I would say Xena is a copy of her. mm -hmm. Like Wonder Woman is the origins. And, and well, Xena was clearly influenced by, by Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman and then back again. Yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in Wonder Woman. I want to I want to see that movie. I want to see what they're going to do with it. I don't know if they're going to, like, is she going to be kind of violent like the Superman movie where she's blowing up? Like, she's got a sword and she clearly is slashing at. But those. is she magical? She should still be magical, yes. She's out of clay? I don't know if that's the origin they're going to do. I, Jeff Johns in that special said that people hadn't really seen Wonder Woman's origin. They weren't familiar with it the way they were with Batman's and Superman's. Yeah. But I don't know which origin he's talking about. If he means the New 52 one where Wonder Woman came from Zeus's penis or if they mean the, the clay. I'm- but I'd like to speak to that too. It really makes me mad that they keep harping on this clay thing. You guys heard this book called The Bible? Because in the Bible, we were made of clay too. We were made from the, the, the dirt of the earth and sculpted. And what happened is God came and took a piece of Adam's rib and made woman from that, right? So with Wonder Woman... Spoilers! Oh my God! <laughs> 2,500 years. Spoilers! Um, so what they did with Wonder Woman is they basically just gave her equality to Adam. She was sculpted from clay the way that Adam was sculpted from clay. She was 
was given life by a goddesses where Adam was given life by God. And this thing where they keep trying to turn her into a golem or they keep harping on the clay thing, that's the origin of man in Judeo-Christian belief. That's where that comes from. Quit harping on that. It's stupid. It makes you look stupid. And it's just one of those BS arguments to undermine the character and undermine her uniqueness. And it was freaking her, you know, the, we named the dog Indy. It's the same kind of thing. That's the origin of one of her supporting characters, the modern age Wonder Girl. That's Cassie Sands, Mark's work. And it drives me nuts that uh, Wonder Girl could fly. So 40 years after the character was created, suddenly Wonder Woman can fly. She stole it from Donna Troy. And then you got Cassie Sands, Mark. She steals Cassie Sands, Mark's origin for her. Plus they throw in all that gross stuff about the Amazons raping men to reproduce and all that kind of stuff. It was a beautiful story when you had an island full of women. There were no children because there were no men to make children. And she's the first child born in this island in thousands of years. You know? But I don't know which origin they're going to use in the movie. You know, right there, I see. And the more you know, dun, 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 over his head. It was more like, you want to straighten that soapbox out for you, buddy? I want you to fall. <laughs> Uh, what I was just I kind of was throwing that in your direction because I was wondering what origins because I know about the yeah, clay origins they say they're going to do an origin story but I don't it know just what seems, origin like, like isn't that just the biggest cop out ever that she's half god half something yeah. it's like it's just, everybody thinks isn't, that isn't Xena divine who bird? gives a was she elevated to godhood? I had like to that? watch it because of an ex, but I don't remember the origins or anything. That's, that's another thing to keep but no, like, on. But her being a god, she wasn't a god until John Byrne did her in like the early 2000s or late really? 90s. She was not a god. She was an Amazon. She was an Amazon created from a statue initially, but she was an Amazon. She was flesh and blood human being. She wasn't a goddess at most. Could she be killed? Yeah, she could be killed. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah like she, she wasn't bulletproof, right? No, 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 she wasn't. That's why she not had without the bracelets. The bracelets. That's yeah. why she doesn't need a shield because Wonder Woman has bracelets. Bullet whip. I think that there are going to be a lot of 70s fans that are going to get real mad at this movie when they see her blocking stuff with a shield like Captain America when her yeah, whole thing you're is right. she's got the freaking brain. Oh, How much more cool? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> How much yeah. more badass would that have been if when Doom or when Gollum Hulk Doomsday shoots that laser beam and, and she it gets blocked and she's got her the yeah. X with the that, that would have been way better. She did yeah, that, that would actually would have been kind of cool. Yeah, they, yeah. Made, they made a big deal about her doing that in War of the Gods. She deflected it with a, this like God blast. It doesn't make sense that yeah. she just blocks it with her wrist, but it doesn't matter. The bracelets are mad. Magical too, right? So that's, right, right, that's, right. Oh, everything. Does that's she have what, her lasso too? Yes. Yeah, well, she has the lasso in the movie. We haven't actually seen it in use oh, okay. because she's using that freaking sword and a shield, something that she only started using in the last five freaking years. At least in the comics, she had an axe. It's at times, like during Challenge of the Gods with George Presbyter, and that wasn't so bad because you had like this little W-shaped axe thingy, and it looked kind of no, nice. but no, at least that was no, no. That was a double-sided axe. No. I know that's fine. So, Every oh, right now, now, now I'm just throwing this out there. Invisible Jet, yes or no? I don't think it's in the movie. No, oh, I'm a fan of the Invisible Jet though. I'd have been sweet, dude. And that was one of the, my favorite, even though it was badly done, one of my favorite things about the David E. Kelly failed pilot was that she did have the invisible jet she flew around in. I, no. I like that, yeah. And she used a lasso, but unfortunately no. she kept using it. Or they're going like, to no, no, probably hoops. make her fly. She, she flies now, right? I believe she's going to fly, yeah. No. Well, she's been able to fly since 1987 in the comics. And of course she flew in Justice League. I prefer her to have the invisible jet. I mean, it just makes sense to me. You already well, got wait, 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 wait. Don't even just say, I prefer her to, ha- you, did, you did not just say, I prefer her to use the invisible jet. It just makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> like what is that what does that even mean because everybody knows about the invisible jet that's part of the lore of Wonder Woman if you grew up with Wonder Woman you know unless you were, you're born in recent years I mean if you saw Justice League yeah but again they then they had that stupid javelin thing that they were flying around in that was basically the invisible jet True. so just make it the invisible jet jerks they're so, not yeah. going to yeah but how, that, how, that, it's, it's how, how, do, how do island Amazons have an invisible jet because in the original comics they were actually sci-fi Amazons oh, oh yeah. you so, just got franked yeah no I knew no, that they, was going to be had, the they thing, had though. an advanced 
science culture that basically uh, uh, had magic and science intermingled with one another, not unlike Amazon, uh, 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 Asgardians, but 20 years earlier, 25 years earlier. Ooh, um, shots fired. So they already they knew about man's world because they basically had this this scrying device where they could see the world as though it was a television projection before there was a television. So and they had invisible jets, so which was awesome. Mm. Man, that's got to be an air con- uh, air traffic controller's nightmare with yeah. a bunch of invisible jets flying around Themyscira or wherever it was. Well, you know what kills me too is you know who's got an invisible jet now? Marvel's Agents of Shield. Do they really? They have an invisible jet, so it's good enough for Marvel's Agents of Shield, but we can't have that for Wonder Woman. I actually think that if it's good enough for Marvel's Agents of Shield, it's probably good that she doesn't have it. <laughs> well, they stole it from her because I mean it would make more sense for the Shield to have a stealth craft, but instead they've got an actual invisible. It's not invisible. What it is is that it, it chameleons around its environment, so it makes it look as though like Predator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what Predator is. is that a Predator universe. Predator. Oh, okay. Did Predator do that? I thought Predator became translucent. No, it was. Re- it reflects his uh, surroundings. That's how. He okay. Became. Well, that's how their invisible jet worked. Too. It bends light. But you had something in particular that you were saying about Gal Gadot. Oh yeah. Uh, does anybody know if she can act and carry a two and a half hour long movie? I've only ever seen her in Fast and Furious movies. Ooh. So that doesn't bode well, does it? Yeah. yeah. Now unless it's a car uh, screaming. Or is she just not going to talk a lot? Let me, let me, is is what's his name Scott Pine going to end up being the star of this movie? Is that who, Chris who, Pine? What's it? Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. Yeah. Scott Pine. So I, I was it's just, Pine. Pine Saul. I don't know. What, what's it's his, Captain Kirk. What's his uh, character's name in the thing? Steve Trevor. Are we sure that Steve Trevor isn't going to kind of be like the protagonist in this movie, and she's just kind of kind of? I don't think they're going to do that. She might be the POV character, though. You know, and I think he's he, be, you said he, he might be the POV character. I think he may be the POV right. character. He's definitely going to end up being like Star Lord. I think he's going to be a swaggering cop, cocky, chauvinist male. Yeah. Who? Uh, here's here's the problem. I I'm have. Steve Trevor. Who? <laughs> here's the problem I have. We've seen the Superman versus Batman trailer. Batman versus Superman trailer. We've seen that footage from Wonder Woman, and we had Gal Gadot on that special for a millisecond. Yeah. They won't let her talk. Not a lot of talking. No. Why aren't they letting her talk? No talky-talky. I think that the thick Israeli accent could be part of the reason why they're not letting her talk, you know? What's so, so that may be part of it, too. They're trying to get her to do, like, an American accent or something, and it's... Or which would be accent. an even bigger yeah. train wreck. A Grecian accent. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, I don't know what the hell, you know? I don't think they, they would do that. That'd be awesome if they My dubbed it. Greek Wonder Woman? She would just be British, right? Isn't that how, if you're making, if an American's no, making, a, if an American's really. making a movie and she needs to be European, they just make her British. I'm just, yeah. I'm just picturing that film where Arnold Schwarzenegger was dubbed when he was Hercules. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, Hercules goes bananas, aka Hercules in New York. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm just picturing it being dubbed like that where she's speaking and it's just. And they did the same off. things to, to uh, um, Jackie Chan, Lou Ferrigno in his Hercules movies too. I heard, well, actually, I heard they did that with Dolph Lundgren for uh, Masters of the Universe. Did they? No. Yeah, they, they really? did, they, there's a do, there's a documentary you can watch on Netflix and they did a there's a they were talking about it where Dolph Lundgren was doing Masters of the Universe and Sylvester Stallone just happened to be on set and he looked up there and they're like you gave him lines because <laughs> apparently they, that's why he didn't speak in the Rocky movie because they were like his accent was so horrible mm. you couldn't quite understand him so he was like surprised they gave him lines so he's dubbed like somewhat dubbed did they do ADR work or was he literally uh, dubbed I'm by other remember. people it's, there's a documentary about the canon films uh-huh. called Electric Boogaloo you got oh it. yeah I need to watch that one it's great cool. they showed so many movies like the American Ninja films and all that. I was like I forgot all about these movies I'm gonna have to go back and watch them now because as a kid I loved them hey so okay so then I guess Aquaman is that the last one we have to talk about uh, have they shown anybody they didn't show anything about Aquaman they, they showed, they the, showed the, the toy or no no I saw a toy on they showed the concept art and they showed that's concept, what it was yeah. it was concept art but what, is and it gonna, just looks like the Jason Momoa that we've already seen anyway yeah. nothing but is he gonna like be that. he's gonna be an islander right I think so I think they're gonna acknowledge that he's not a honky Blah, he's gonna do that cool what is it they do that Polynesian battle Ooh, oh, ah, 
Oh, you know, this is... No, we shouldn't do that. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah. Walla, walla, bing, bing. Walla, walla, bing, bing. we shouldn't probably do that. I think I'm... There's a great Sulean. There's a Soulfly song called... How was it called? Primal or something like that, and they do that. Really? I just saw that they did a thing on YouTube where this... Well, they're doing a Polynesian wedding, and the brother and the brother-in-law start doing a some kind of chant. It was kind of cool. I mean, the bride starts crying because it's supposed to be very spiritual. Yeah. Man, you guys... Hey, man, you got to stay off Facebook, dude. Why? I think that's like the eighth Facebook viral quote-unquote video you've referenced since we've been together. I liked it. That was interesting. That's where Not Guano Man was saying that all the Star Wars, the New Force Awakens hate was. Because all we've done is hear on a on a Facebook that, that it's apparently Facebook is the den of scum and villainy with regards to people not liking new. Oh, it's the scum and villainy for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got caught. Somebody called me out on it the other day. Like you kept calling you hope. I'm like, isn't it? We're not going to retread that episode. Just came out. Okay, so uh, they uh, showed. Like, wait, okay, so they, wait. Now they did hint at uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, they showed the logos core. that ha- they, there's no guarantee those are going to be the movie logos. I'm, dude, I'm thinking it's, it's a stinger at the end. We already know that. Uh, no, nah, we. I no, mean, it so? could be. It could, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not arguing with that at all. Oh. <clears throat> Although I do want to point out that Christopher Nolan made a point of saying for Man of Steel, don't do a stinger. Marvel does stingers. We do movies. Our movie ends and the credits begin. And now they've basically told everybody, no, we're going to be doing stingers. We're never going to do stingers. Like, guys, get off Marvel's jock. And of course, that's one of those jokes people are making about Suicide Squad is they weren't going to do the light, funny, you know, serial comic movies. And then Suicide Squad totally has a Marvel vibe to it. So, yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you, if you got I, I, w- I wish that DC wouldn't do stingers. I guarantee you they're going to do stingers from now on. <clears throat> I but, guarantee you that the, someone I, at an executive level said, why didn't we have a stinger on Man of Steel? We need well, to have stingers on all I, these movies. Yeah. Honestly, for a comic book movie, it makes sense, dude. It's that to be continued. No, no, I, I think it makes sense if you're trying to build a movie universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you want to show a little glimpse of one of the other movies, so but you, you don't want to put it in the middle of the actual movie because either people are going to miss it or it's going to disrupt the story. So I think that a stinger. Marvel didn't invent the stinger. Well, actually. Ferris Bueller's Day Off invented the stinger. At least, yeah. Or, uh, um, right, the stinger? Yeah. Well, actually, Ferris movie, Bueller's you know, Day Off. They didn't have a stinger. He basically tells you to go home. A the stinger, it's a stinger. It's a, it's a clip. A stinger is material that's saved for so after the credits. So they, and then like, the col- like Howard the Duck. The col- the Galaxy. That one was like, I could see that one like Ferris Bueller where it's, it's, it's this little scene at the end that just it's the same. It's semantic. Show you a scene from another movie or character coming into another movie. So it kind of like that's all it is. A stinger is, yeah. is a stinger something. is just that back material yeah. after the credits. Okay. You know, you think the movie's over and there's more material after the credits. Okay. That's all a stinger is. There's no like, bow, criteria bow. beyond that. Well, although I think you could argue that Ferris Bueller didn't have a stinger because they showed new material throughout the credits as oh, well. Oh yeah, when uh, the, the, mm-hmm. yeah. Bow, the bow. it's not like yeah, it's not like the, sh- the but not, sh- not for the flat. whole. It's not for the whole credits though. I think it is. No, most the of, entire credits. No, most of the credits. Yeah, no, because there's not. Uh, no, it doesn't go black. It's it, you see stuff throughout the credits. Everything with Rooney and all the weird stuff that happens. I think the fact that they have breaks in the credits, rolling for visual gags that are taking place during his bus ride. No, because the bus ride doesn't last four minutes long. No, it doesn't. No, no, no. Doesn't. We can even bring it up on YouTube. Okay, maybe it yeah. does. No, it doesn't. No, he's right. It lasts for a long what, time. I don't, which one comes first, Rooney or Ferris telling everybody to leave? Rooney first, and in the okay. end, it's it's Ferris in the shower telling everybody to leave. still here? Go home. Yeah. yeah. Really? Is that the first movie with the Stinger? No, I don't know that that's the first one. That's one of the oh, most famous a, examples that we can think curious, of. Certainly though. for our generation, that's the first one. We're talking about my generation. Britney Spears version. It wasn't Britney, it was somebody else. Was it? I thought it was Britney. No, it was somebody else. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It was horrible. The preceding program is a nonprofit fan production. Any copyrighted materials contained therein are believed borrowed under fair use with no copyright infringement intended. Please feel free to leave comments at Rollspine's Productions WordPress blog. You can also send us Twitter comments through the Rollspine Podcast Twitter. Thank you for listening.